0: Welcome back to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. We are back here today for y'all with some NFL content. We love getting back on this. We love getting to you here on Sunday mornings, a beautiful Sunday morning. And we're about to dive right into some NFL action. Now, we're actually doing this again where it's kind of a week late where we go on in and take a look at all – of our content from the week before not the week right now so we're gonna be going through week eight nfl action while week nine kicks off in just a few minutes so we're gonna go all in and get that done there so it's me jack wallace gabe julian alongside he's been with us for the last few nfl episodes uh because Noah uh, can't make it we keep uh, getting in the times a little too tight but fortunately we're still coming in and getting some good content here so We're going to start things off, as usual, with our game of the week, which this one was a pretty wild one. We know we've had Tennessee on here a few times, but we're going to go back to Tennessee. It's Tennessee against Indianapolis in Indy. Now, this is a perfect example of a Pyrrhic victory, to pull out your uh, ancient uh, or classical history terms. Uh, For the Titans, they close out Indianapolis in overtime, but they're going to lose Derrick Henry for quite a while. Now, they said that Henry uh, broke a bone in his foot, but that bone, uh, I guess a toe bone, uh, fortunately the recovery time on that bone looks like it could be back um, and Henry could return in the later weeks. Of course, this all depends on the Titans' playoff run because if they do end up making the playoffs, not much of a point for him to come back then uh, and then just wait for playoff rounds to start. So we'll see on that. Uh, 14-0 Indy, 14 all late by the half, uh, each team getting seven in the third, and then Tennessee ties in response to the pick six. Colson scored 22 seconds left to send it to overtime. Both teams trade a punt, and then Wentz pick sets up Tennessee for an easy game-winning field goal. So, once again, Wentz dropping the ball here.
1: Yeah, not very surprising. Uh, sort of. Carson Wentz has been, like, let's say a little bit better than he has shown in his Philly days, but he had the certainly impressive first half of the game leading up to that. One of one of the worst like pick sixes that I think I've ever seen in an NFL game. It was quite 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 the display of craft that I've seen. Very very wince moment. Uh, yeah, he. It was just a very he switched hands and tried to shovel it. I don't really know what happened, but it was really great game to watch. Unfortunate with the Derrick Henry injury to see. This Titans because they were really starting to shape up, show off in their their offense. When uh, AJ Brown's been uh, has sort of come around, Derrick Henry has been ridiculous in some of these games. It's sort of unfortunate, but they're going to really have to rely on the receiving core now going into the future.
0: Again, turnovers have been a struggle for this game. Indianapolis with three compared to Tennessee's two, but you can't make plays like that. And expect to come away with a win. Now, again, like I was saying, this game was crazy back and forth. It's honestly a miracle that Indy was able to score at all. Um, but again, another game unusually with no Derrick Henry touchdowns. They know that he was injured, but that injury came pretty late in the game. And he actually finished the game out. He was injured around the third quarter, but played through the fourth and overtime. Only finished with 68 yards on 28 carries. But Tennessee, or well, Indianapolis is usually doing a pretty good job shutting him down well. Next up, we're going to move through our chronological order, and we're going to go to the Packers-Cardinals game in Arizona that was over a week ago last Thursday night football, or last last Thursday night football. It's been uh, quite a minute since we've gotten around to this matchup, but this one was a pretty exciting one that we all kind of knew was going to be exciting, and this was Green Bay against Arizona, and the Cardinals are undefeated. No more. Kyler Murray throws a late interception. He's actually out today for the Cardinals, too, along with DeAndre Hopkins. And the Packers pull off a massive win. That's seven straight wins for Green Bay. Really, really impressive run. Yeah, seriously.
1: It was certainly an interesting game to watch. I thought going down the field, Kyler Murray, he looks solid. He hadn't thrown most of the touchdowns at that point for them had been uh, rushing touchdowns from... Uh, Edmund and Connor so we had not uh, touched touchdown at that point I thought it was going to happen looked pretty close but AJ Green just kind of forgot where he was for a sec uh you know just walking 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 on the field just n- normal life and led to the late game interception that oh that was certainly a strange moment to watch uh Kind of got – was funny to look at all the kind of response on the internet, sort of the meme stuff, but their undefeated season comes to an end, and but it keeps the streak alive for Green Bay, and they are looking once again like that. Could have been a preview for the NFC Championship in the future.
0: Very well could be. Uh, Again, a strange game with Murray getting two interceptions and no scores. It's actually the first game of the year that he produced zero touchdowns in this game. James Conner with a couple and Chase Edmonds. Uh, with one he actually led the day in rushing with only 30 yards so Packers defense doing a great job against that Arizona run attack that we know isn't necessarily huge but did shut him down DeAndre Hopkins had a crazy circus catch down the sidelines ended up only being one of two catches again very inexplicably weak season from DeAndre Hopkins and that seems to continue at least with being out this week but just a very very weird game We now can move on to Carolina-Atlanta in a game that makes me want to gouge my eyes out because I had to watch the Falcons beat the Falcons. And I actually picked them to win this game, which I don't think was a crazy pick. Carolina came into this game at 3-4 and without McCaffrey, and it was at home for Atlanta. I still don't think that was a bad pick in hindsight, especially when you see that Darnold was pretty bad in this game. He didn't do anything. The problem is, is that Matt Ryan was miserable in this game, and he hasn't had that bad of a season. But, oh, man, this was a terrible game for Matty Ice. Now, 20 for 27 is pretty accurate. But 146 yards, one touchdown, and two picks against the Panthers? I mean, I know this defense has been solid, but, I mean, come on. This was a terrible, terrible performance, and the Falcons should hang their heads low after this.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, I, I could feel your pain for that one. It certainly wasn't pretty game to watch for the Falcons. The Canthers got what is definitely a um much needed win for them after start first starting three and zero and then going zero and four to get back to even for them to keep their chances alive this season. They're going to need to get McCaffrey back. They have been absolutely terrible without him. They just don't look good in offense in any sense. Sam Darnold looks once again like he's on the jets and he's seeing ghosts uh and he just but I think it was a g- good win for them to pick up uh unfortunate for the Falcons who were gaining a bit of a momentum but um, I don't think I don't think it's uh I don't think it's too it's early enough to call either of these teams out that expanded wild card really adds an interesting factor into it
0: only problem for the Falcons is that their schedule ended up being pretty favorable up until now. That's three and four through a fairly weak schedule, to be oh. honest. In fact, there's really only one team they played on that whole list that you can say really was a really quality opponent. Um, the Giants, And that was the buck. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that would be the Buccaneers. Uh, the Eagles, again, are exactly great. Uh, the Giants have been poor. Washington's been weirdly very bad, actually. Uh, Jets and Dolphins are obviously terrible. And then Panthers are really not that great. So, But then after this, you got at the Saints this week, at the Cowboys, Patriots, at Jack shouldn't be hard, Buccaneers, at Panthers, at 49ers, Lions shouldn't be too difficult, but then at Bills and Saints to close. That's a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. There are a few easier games in there, but a lot of tougher opponents in that stretch. That's going to be very difficult for Atlanta to get a handful of wins there. But, hey, you're three-quarters of the way where you got last year at 4-12, so it should be an improvement, but maybe not by much. Next up, with oh, a team that hasn't really been improving at all, we have the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. And oh my goodness, Miami is just simply horrible twenty six to eleven. The Bills have an actually kind of a weak game in here, but end up pulling out a great second half to beat Miami. Um, Cole Beasley had another great game here for Buffalo. He's been stringing together a few good games in a row, and yeah, this was just a bizarre game because a really really slow start um, three to three. At halftime, which I would not have thought that. Um, again, in Buffalo against Miami, the way they've been looking is kind of remarkable. Um, but with this loss, Miami now locks themselves in at below a ten-win season, which we all knew obviously wasn't going to happen. Just now, mathematically, they cannot at one and seven. So, uh, or actually, no, they can. Sorry, because I forget the seventeenth game. They can still. It's ten, 10 and seven uh, theoretically. If Miami wins out and makes the playoffs, uh, which would be pretty remarkable, given they've lost the last uh, seven in a row. Uh but they played the Texans this week. So maybe, but Tua's broken finger will keep him out of a start. Um, so we'll see with it's the backup game uh with Miami versus versus uh, Houston this week.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate to see Miami in this way after having such a strong season. Uh you don't it's just Kind of consistent though with Miami, you can't kind of almost points to a bit of fluke with their defense last year in a way that they just played much better than they actually uh, should have. And their offense is on the Dolphins still has not been consistent at all. Tua uh, has been injured in and now and he's been solid in the games that he's appeared in, but this one was not the best either, and then he got injured again. It's just been a harsh t- uh, uh, time for the Dolphins. On the side of the Bills, they're starting to shape up a little bit. They're uh, looking like the best team. They didn't look great in that first half, I'll say. They uh, Josh Allen took a little while to get rolling, but then he eventually turned it around. Through, I said two touchdowns in the game, uh, rushed for one as well, uh, was actually the leading rusher on his team, which is not – that much of a surprise on the Buffalo bills still weak on that rushing attack, but
0: they're certainly looking like the best team in the AFC. And that is very true. They should make a pretty deep run uh, getting down at this playoff race. Next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago bears. And this game went pretty much as I thought it would, which is Justin Fields. Doesn't look terrible. He has a pretty good run and San Francisco ends up pulling out the win. Now Jimmy G was returning home. From around the Chicago area, so good for him to get back in his uh, home a little bit and see how the Bears are, which, as we know, is not great. Now, Chicago is actually leading um, a good chunk of this game. In fact, they were winning all the way up until the fourth quarter, uh, and then a well, eighteen point fourth for San Francisco led the way and got the win. Now we know the Niners have been very underwhelming this season at uh, three and four now, and then Chicago the same way at three and five. But this may finally be a big win for the Niners that they desperately needed. They'd actually lost four in a row, their last four, but they were somewhat tough games, but then got the Cardinals this week as hard, then Rams at the Jags. It's, yeah, if you look at San Francisco's schedule, it is actually pretty difficult. So it'll be uh, intriguing to see their season and how it may have and flow. But if you want to do anything this season, you have to win a game like this. So big win for Jimmy G and the Niners.
1: Yeah, they've been, they look solid in this game. They haven't looked great overall in the season, which something that I came, came in, uh, I thought they were going to be the weakest, one of the weaker in that uh, very strong NFC West. I wouldn't say that's completely true with the injuries that have taken the Seahawks, but I think that they really showed up this game, and what a, what a performance by uh, Debo Samuel, who has been consistently really improve, improving uh, and being the number one receiver for that team, you weren't sure whether it was going to be uh, how Kittle. If Kittle was going to be back uh, with Ayuk, if he was going to kind of perform well, De- De- Debo Samuel has really emerged as a number one receiver on that team and is a real threat on the offensive side.
0: We can now move on to Pittsburgh versus Cleveland in a big time battle up in the Midwest, just like what we saw with the Bears and this one was even more of a tight race 15 to 10 year final Pittsburgh taking a big time road win between two teams that are kind of middling in record uh the Steelers at four and three and the Browns at four and four and yeah this was a pretty significant win we had Baker Mayfield back Nick Chubb is back this Browns team is finally sort of getting back a normal form and it didn't really do anything they didn't have really anything happen in this game Darius Johnson was able to get a touchdown but nothing really happening. And with the Odell Beckham controversy seemingly finally behind them with Odell being dropped off to waiver still has yet to be claimed, but yeah, this Pittsburgh team really didn't look great offensively, but they got the job done. The defense showed up great. We know Pittsburgh's got a great defense and they played exceptionally well in this game. And so, yeah, this was a very strange game. Um, both these teams are really not that impressive and uh, kicking was also a sort of bizarre game here too as really nobody had a whole lot here. Boswell went one for one uh, from field goal, did not attempt an extra point today. So, yeah, Boswell uh, got his way in, and Pittsburgh was just sort of able to um, try something with two-point conversions but just kept failing on them. So, yeah, very strange game, this game.
1: Yeah, it was kind of fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> you kind of Unfortunately, with Boswell getting injured on that strange pass attempt uh, that he had. And then just not having anybody to be able to kick the extra points, had to go for two on both uh, occasions, did not make it. And it just very strange as a game. And you thought it was very much with that chance that they didn't have their kicker that Cleveland would be able to kind of come back and get this important win. And they just didn't, even though they had, yeah, like what, how you mentioned that they had all their big guys on the field. They just looked terrible offensively. The even like their rushing game, which has been sort of their strong suit, uh, wasn't that strong. wasn't really that strong either. But may you, the Odell Beckham Jr. controversy is behind them now. Maybe that can turn their season around and uh, lead them into the postseason.
0: And next up, we're going to go right to one of the least entertaining games of this weekend, um, unless you're a Philly fan, because Philadelphia and Detroit faced off in a game that basically looked like if Philadelphia played a college team, because this was, frankly, insulting. 44-6, to absolutely disgusting game. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard did whatever they wanted, filling in for a uh, Miles Sanders injury. And, yeah, this game was absolutely ridiculous. It was 38 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. I, this was ridiculous. Absolutely insane. Uh, Philadelphia basically had this game won incredibly early on. And the wildest thing is that Detroit only turned the ball over one time. Only one turnover, and it was still 44-6. to six. So you'd think that that would be due to that. And, um, again, Jared Goff had 222 yards. It wasn't like Goff wasn't getting a decent amount of production either. I mean, it's just this game was insane. It, it just truly showed off that it just it, – Detroit is a horrible, horrible football team. They're 0-8 now. They have been unable to do anything against anyone in their next few games, at the Steelers, at the Browns, Bears, Vikings, at Broncos, Cardinals, at the Falcons, at the Seahawks, and Pack- Packers. None of those teams are anywhere near where the Lions are now, even with some weaker options in there like what we've seen out of the Seahawks or Falcons. But, I mean, God, there's nothing that bad. So, yeah, this is frankly depressing. It's just Detroit can't do anything. Yeah, just sad.
1: It's really just sad at this point. It's – Happening again, like it, the two thousand and eight, you could just see that two thousand and eight season coming back, could Detroit for the second year for the second time in this century in this in twenty first century have a winless season. It's while it didn't look like it might happen. It looked like maybe Houston could have done that preseason. It's looking like Detroit might be taking up that mantle. maybe they I, could get one win. I hope they do. It might be against the Falcons. I'm sorry, but.
0: <laughs> I honestly, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I th- it's too really? easy to just accidentally win a game. We saw it happen with the Jets and the Rams even last. I mean, it's just there's always some stupid game you can get.
1: It just got destroyed by the Eagles. Though. I mean, the, it was very surprising as well with Jalen Hurts only throwing for 103 yards. through for l- l- less than half of the yards that Uh, golf through and he just they still scored 44 points that is absolutely ridiculous and yeah kind of just got out of hand and it's been harsh to watch this lions team
0: and next up we're going to go out again to the north and we're going to go to cincinnati against the new york jets and now this game was a game that again was one that you did not. No one in their right mind predicted this game would be close at all, and anyone who did ended up looking like a big dummy because this game was over incredibly, incredibly quickly. 34-31 um, uh, was your score in this one, and now, again, we all thought that this game was going to be an absolute joke. And you know what? It started out like it, 17-7, to 7, Bengals with 151 to go. Bengals were taking care of business. They were getting the job done. They were not really struggling at all. And then Barrios had a touchdown pass with 15 seconds to go, 17-14. Everyone said, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Back-to-back plays again of touchdown field goal. Bengals take a seven-point lead. They're feeling pretty comfortable. And even after an Amandola field goal and a Tyler Boyd touchdown, it's still an 11-point game with seven and a half to go, and we're still feeling pretty comfortable. Bengals got this. Bengals got this. Back-to-back touchdowns by the legend, the MetLife King, Mike White of the New York Jets comes in place for Zach Wilson, who is injured not by physically, but by being able to play the game of football. And this was simply insane. This was absolutely ridiculous. And so the Jets came out and won. And now I know we talk about the Jets have been this meme team that can't accomplish anything has been so bad, yada, yada, yada. And they actually won a game here. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, the Jets ended up playing on Thursday night, so we'll get to the um, the Jets again a little later. But this was unreal. So impressive from the Jets to come out and get a huge win at home. Mike White was genuinely amazing in this game. 405 yards and three touchdowns on pretty accurate passing. Now, he did get two picks, but obviously ended up not meaning much. And Burrow ended up getting held to almost 150 fewer yards in this game. And this was nuts. Absolutely nuts. Really proud of the Jets for getting a win here. I, this, this is awesome. I think this is great. Uh, we love to see some big upsets happen. You know, the NFL doesn't have nearly as many upsets, uh, which makes sense. But, yeah, this was absolutely mind-blowing. I never would have imagined something like this to happen. And you know what? Go Jets, go.
1: <laughs> uh, that was a fun one. It was a fun one to see this guy who most people did not know his name going into the season. If you tell anybody who's the Jets' backup, some people might not be able to name the Jets starter, but it was pretty great to see this guy just come out and destroy like one of the teams that was one of the best teams in the AFC. The two wins the Jets have this season are against the Titans and the Bengals, two teams that are were favorites. I
0: don't know.
1: What is going on in this AFC?
0: I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's very bizarre. Cincinnati had a 98.8% chance to win with 433 to go. Unbelievable. Big, big, big loss there. Which, if you want to talk about seeding down the road, that loss could end up really killing them there. As they're likely to make the playoffs, being 5-3. and three, But, I mean, still kind of early. But that seeding-wise could hurt them. Next up, we have the Rams and the Texans, and this game was uh, a pretty unsurprisingly not very exciting. Now, the ending of this game ended up being a little more interesting given the comeback, but um, it ended up obviously not meaning a whole lot. Now, this was a pretty impressive outing by the Rams on all facets. So Daryl Henderson getting himself a touchdown, Cooper Cup getting over 300 yards and a score, and Stafford looking perfect with over 300 yards passing and three touchdowns. And yeah, not much to say here. The Texans had a 22 to nothing fourth quarter, which is actually kind of impressive given they scored three touchdowns and a two-month conversion in that time frame. Now, if they only weren't so miserably awful in the first three quarters of play, now maybe that would have meant something, but yeah, pretty solid start here. Uh, Rams, as everyone in the world could have predicted only led by seven at the end of the first quarter. Cause what do the Rams always do? Start slowly, but it wasn't slow enough for the Texans to get something here. This was basically a game that everyone saw coming. This one was one, I think one of the locks of the week we may have had. Um it yeah, this was not shocking at all.
1: Not really. And <laughs> this Rams team is they've been really kind of interesting in these games. You've seen a few where they have absolutely just dominated opponents. And if you saw it obviously live, there's unfortunate, but uh you they're looking consistent and they're looking like the superpower that everybody thought they did. I think it's once again, it's a point that I make. It's important that you can't just beat the teams that you're supposed to be. You have to dominate them. You have to be intimidating in that sense. And I think they really did. Once again, they show they perform well. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup is just amazing, like, amazing. The best receiver, like, probably the best receiver in the NFL this year uh, is putting up ridiculous numbers and it's, it's a fun team
0: to watch. Now, if we want to talk about some big time plays here, this is a pretty interesting take because this next game we're going to talk about. Now this one was just ridiculous new England versus the LA chargers. And this game was absolutely wild. Now it was back and forth the whole game. But LA slowly had this lead pretty much the whole time had this lead, and then with ten eleven to go in the fourth, a pick six. Wow, crazy pick six! And the two point conversion is good, and all of a sudden the Pats slapped on eight more points, and then had a seven point lead, which was never surrendered after that. If, uh, then a field goal with two nineteen to go um, ended up basically negating the touchdown that would happen after there from LA to bring it back to three. But this was a really big time win for a New England team that started off the season pretty poorly. They started one and three, but since then they've gone three and one uh, with victories over again the Texans, Jets, and not very shocking the loss to the Cowboys wasn't very surprising. But that Chargers one was a huge one, and they're playing the Panthers right now. Again, we are also doing this live. It's 111, so a lot of those one o'clock games, uh, in fact, all of the one o'clock games have now started. But yeah, this was a pretty ridiculous play here. This is a big, big, big-time win for New England, and this is going to help them a lot down the road.
1: Certainly is. And I. this is something that I kind of saw coming into the season that I think the Patriots, with their rookie QB and a lot of rookie QBs this year at least, they start a bit slow. But the thing with the Patriots system and with that uh, that offense that was sort of upgraded this past season with Bill Belichick – is that he is Mac, Mac Jones is really getting just into the system. He's playing a lot better than he was, looking very solid. And this Pats team is becoming more of a threat. I don't know if they're going to catch the Bills. I want to say that. But I think they're definitely in contention for one of those wild card spots and could shake up things in the postseason as well.
0: No, I think that's absolutely a great point. Uh, we want to talk about postseason. Let's, uh, let's actually shovel that entire take to the side, talking about these two teams, because uh, this is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, obviously, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are way, way, way far away from a playoff run this year. Um, but the Seahawks are trying to claw their way back in. And now this is going to be a pretty interesting run here. This was 31-7. to This game was, frankly, kind of disrespectful. Um, and they actually had a losing streak. Seattle had a long losing streak. Geno Smith came out and played great in this game and it was a big, big, big-time win. Um, and the last, actually, the touchdown from the Jacksville was a fourth-quarter touchdown was basically meaningless. Uh, it was a Jamal Agnew pass from Trevor Lawrence. But, uh, yeah, Trevor was pretty uh, average again in this game, throwing around 50-ish percent, 238 yards, touchdown to pick. Um, not a lot here. And, yeah, this was a pretty predictable game with a pretty predictable outcome. Seattle ends up winning easy.
1: Yeah, it's – not surprising. It's interesting that you mentioned the fact of the postseason. Kind of interesting with the Seahawks. You thought they were going to be able to contend, but with the injuries and just how they played in the beginning of the season with that yeah. defense, they really are kind of falling away from it. And this is like a very important win that they needed to get. I mean, if they lost this, they're essentially out, and they're sort of getting to that point. I, it's it's a very difficult. The, the NFC is, well, I would say in my opinion, is stronger than the AFC in general. Very deep. And you kind of had like, you can't perform this way and expect to make a postseason run. They need Russell Wilson back. They need Chris Carson back. They're kind of, they're almost on that point. They're on life support, I would say. But this was an important win for them. Jaguars, they were starting to kind of look a little bit better had that one win, but then they're
0: terrible again. I think that goes to show more how awful Miami is really than how decent Jacksonville is. Um, I did want to mention other side notes here because of course we now are into week, uh, week nine games going on right now. So I just want to mention some score updates as we go through these games, but, uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns just had a 100 yard pick six against the Bengals, uh, to, t- to take the lead there, uh, pretty big. And then live just now, the Jacksonville Jaguars just took a three point lead, uh, three to nothing very early on against the bills. So, um, again, that probably will age, uh, very poorly, um, for Jacksonville, still a lot of game left to see, but, um. Uh, we'll see if they can get some kind of lead here because that would be pretty remarkable um if they were able to come back from that uh next game up here is washington up against denver and now this game uh, was a uh, pretty tight one i actually was able to catch the end of this one um and this was a pretty crazy game denver blocking two field goals And Washington's chance of a win defends mile high and rises back to 500. Washington simply stinks this season. Two and six is pretty depressing, to be honest with you. Uh, Denver scores at 427 to go, picks off Washington, and yet fumbles it and still wins the game. So Denver actually could have had this game in the bag, but fumbled it away and almost cost them. Um, Melvin Gordon actually gets himself a couple of touchdowns, one on the ground and one through the air. So... Pretty well-ranged attack spread out for Denver. This was a win they needed to have. Again, we talked about how this AFC is all over the place. And Denver, a team that's very much still in it. I had three wins um, against easier teams, four losses against tougher teams. and needed to get a big game, and they won. Now, Denver does have Drew Locke out for this game again. Uh, may not really be big here, given that he's their backup. Um, Broncos are in AT&T Stadium um, in Dallas, facing off against the Cowboys uh, as we speak. So we'll see if they can get some kind of damage there.
1: Yeah, it was sort of a game that you came in uh, kind of expecting what it was going to be. And it kind of showed of that low scoring, uh, low scoring, close game from both teams. Probably a few turnovers strong. Both teams probably stronger on defense than they are on offense, especially. Well, Washington hasn't shown up that much, but Denver is definitely. But then. Big news. Other than that, with the trade of Von Miller from the from the Broncos, who's been a mainstay in that organization for a while, but now they kind of show that with that trade, they're probably not looking too much into the future and into this year's future at least with the postseason. Kind of preparing, maybe not for a run, but looking towards uh, future picks as well, and they. Washington is just, it's very strange how this team has been shaping up. You thought maybe Taylor Heineke, who is showed up in that one game against in the wild card could continue to play like that. He did in the first game, but so far it's really not appeared that he can, can keep up that consistent effort and their defense is just not showing up at all. It's really making this, <laughs> this NFCs once again, an interesting ride. I'd also like to mention uh Giants, uh, Danny Dimes, uh, 30-yard 30, 30 TD reception to Evan Ingram. What a performance. What an opening drive. What a play.
0: No, absolutely. And if you want to talk about defensive jobs, uh, good and bad, uh, now Tampa Bay and New Orleans was a game that I expected to see a lot of fireworks with. But for some reason that I just can't figure out, Tom Brady is absolutely allergic to beating New Orleans. I don't understand what his problem is. And yes, I understand that's a team sport, not an individual sport, but it's kind of remarkable how much Brady struggles with beating this team now. And this is also a New Orleans team that was led by Trevor Simeon. I mean, this was, this was kind of insane. And yeah, Winston was knocked out with an ACL injury, but it really doesn't matter. Saints get a pick six to win it. Now, Chris Godwin had another solid game. He's the top receiver uh, again for Tampa Bay, kind of rediscovering his role there, but I, this was kind of remarkable. Um, Big-time shutdown win, and New Orleans delivers a gut punch to this Bucks team, only their second loss of the season. And the Saints are 5-2, and two, despite losing so much last season, thought to be kind of an afterthought for the playoffs, uh, losing to the Panthers and Giants in the first couple weeks and thought to be 2-2 two and two kind of middling. But they've rattled off three wins in a row and up go up against the Falcons this week. Now, at the Titans could be really difficult um, in a week from now, but – I, yeah, this is kind of remarkable, really, really is. I would not have thought this kind of run here, so um pretty impressive work from this team.
1: Yeah, and it's really gonna factor in with that Buccaneers team and how that that loss will probably loom large in the sense, first of all, against the Saints winning that division if they're able to keep up this. Moment, the Saints are able to keep up this momentum, but also just with seeding in that uh, at that strong NFC. You got a lot of only one lost teams in there, and three of them with the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Rams, and or in the uh the sorry, the Cowboys as well. And you could kind of get pushed out. Be the four. Be the four. You don't want to be that four seed because you're going to be facing someone tough in that NFC
0: West mm. in the postseason. Next up, we have the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings facing off on Sunday night football. And this was uh, quite the uh, exciting game here. 20-16 to 16 was your final score. And Cooper Rush having his first NFL start. And, oh, my goodness, was it impressive. Really, really, really great work from Cooper Rush in this game. A player who I, I don't think really anybody would have thought – had uh, been someone to get a big win here, but this is against the feisty Minnesota team that's played decently so far this season. And what a statement Cooper rush over 300 yards, two touchdowns did get one pick, but ended up really not mattering had a 73 yard bomb in the third quarter, as well as a five yard touchdown pass with 51 seconds to go to take the win. But yeah, Minnesota's favorite to win this game pretty much the entire time, but I somehow, someway, this Cowboys team came out and won and the Cowboys are six and one an incredible start to their season absolutely ridiculous here and the question is can the cowboys keep this momentum up and finally make themselves go back to the playoffs only one loss and it was two points to the bucks in week one on the road too they're certainly
1: looking strong and i think those uh those offseason moves especially with their defense how last year they were one of the worst defenses in entire nfl and they've really shaped it up with Drafting Micah Parsons, one of now like we're unsure about
0: him coming into the season, especially. He, was my, um, he was my preseason pick for uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year.
1: He certainly, certainly performed well and it's really showing, especially overall. They've been well on both sides. I think they're going to keep it up. Whether or not they make a postseason run, well, I hope they don't, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's very fair, though. The Giants fan, and you're yeah. definitely coming out. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the New York Giants, speaking of the Giants. And, uh, yeah, this game was pretty sad back and forth, uh, not only showcasing how the Giants really aren't that good of a team as we knew, but that the Chiefs really aren't that good. Uh, We kind of knew they weren't that good, but this was still pretty remarkable seeing how they just sort of don't do anything. I mean, they ended up winning the game on a Harrison Bucker field goal, but if you would have told me preseason that in this game that was scheduled, it would have been – 20-17 to on a walk-off win, I I mean, I don't know. The Chiefs are just not good, and it's really sort of sad to see that it's just sort of nothing, and I think that's very bizarre, and so I I just I never really understood that. So, yeah, the Chiefs have been pretty sad this year. They haven't been able to really pull off anything, and I, I still, even with this win, I still am pretty low on my expectations for them
1: yeah they are just very strangely it's once again it's strange to say that this chiefs team that has gone to the super bowl for the last two years is just bad like they patrick mahomes is still well he's leading the nfl in one category and that's interception (laughs) which is very strange to say for a person who's been consistently one of the best qbs in the entire nfl and that off that that defense is con- – now it's – the problem is their offense always kind of shined. Their defense might have not, and it's been able to – they've been able to kind of like keep up their play to kind of uh, keep – like uh, score more just to stop the bad powers in defense. But now they're just not able to, and their defensive uh,
0: miscues are getting exposed. So we can now move on to one of my favorite sections and this is the afc and nfc players and teams of the week and so for me we're going to start off with the nfc as usual and i'm going to go with elijah mitchell running back for the niners now usually running backs for the niners i don't love a lot with what they've done but he had 137 yards and a touchdown on 18 carries 7.6 averaging against the chicago defense that hasn't been terrible proven to be decent sometimes so that's a pretty big time game. We've loved to see what he's done so far this season. Big time day for Elijah Mitchell. And my team of the week, I'm going to have to go with the Green Bay Packers here. I think it's a no brainer after finally, finally defeating what has been such a very, very solid Arizona team. That's a big time win.
1: Yeah. it. This is certainly some good picks. Uh, I have uh, a similar, interestingly similar stance that I had in the previous week where i had two wide receivers i am a similar similar front on that with my afc i'm gonna go with aj brown who hadn't really performed that well in the beginning of season yet we had, had some such a strong sophomore season was one of my favorite players to watch just like so big and fun and uh but he really hadn't performed well, but this game was insane. Ten receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown. He's really just perform con- consistently perform well, and he's also just going to need to if he wants to kind of make up for the fact that they did lose out. And for my NFC, I'm going to go with another wide receiver, Debo Samuel, who has been playing so well for that 49ers team, who really didn't have a lot of offensive weapons except for kill coming in. Wasn't really sure. Six receptions, 171 yards and an average of 28.5 yards per reception. That is ridiculous.
0: And I didn't actually mention it. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and mention it now, but my AFC player of the week here is going to be Mike white of the jets. And I'm going to go ahead and give my team week to the jets too. Cause you know what? The jets don't get a lot of love and usually for good reason, because again, you know, it's the jets, but I think they deserved it this time. They really pulled out a pretty fantastic time. And I just got to give them credit. So we love to see that from the Jets. Now for your lock of the week, give me what you got. Who is your absolute lock? And I know we have started games, so I get it maybe a little skewed. I know. Yeah. But who is your absolute lock of the week? Whether it's money line, whether you're taking over-unders, whatever, whether you're taking point spread – What's your lock here?
1: My lock is just going to be that this game is, it's currently, it's interesting, the current going in it. It is currently tied, uh, which, um, well, I personally won't think that it's going to be that long. I'm Jags-Bills is, that that can't be a close game. Like, like Going in, kind of an interesting matchup. You have two younger QBs. But I don't think it's going to be that close. I would take the line on that one. And I think that'll be an easy win for the Bills as well.
0: And for me, I'm a little bit conflicted here on what I may go with. And hmm, for me, I think there's a lot of different options uh, that, that could be sort of put up here in terms of who we got as a money line, but for me, sorry, it's tough. I'm trying to look at what I think. Um, Hmm. Looking at the Titans-Rams game, I think – Sorry, this is, this is tough to do. I don't really bet a lot. So that's why I'm Maybe. trying to think about what's, what's sort of a, a lock-in here. And I think what I got for Titans-Rams is I think that you can have a lock-in for whatever you want on passing yards being hitting the over. I don't know what the exact bet is on that, but um, – I'm writing that down to make sure I lock it in. But, yeah, it's passing yards are going to hit the over in this game. With no Derrick Henry for the Titans, the Rams can exploit a pretty poor passing defense in Tennessee, especially with Stafford being the main focal point of that offense. I think whatever the line is for whatever passing yard total in this game, it's going to be way over. This game is going to see a lot of yards through the air and not not a lot of them through the ground, at least not a lot. I I see it. There could be some, but this game is going to be one through the air. And so I think that is all we got for us. This is another great episode of the Blank Coverage Podcast, Episode 314, and uh, that is all we got from NFL Week Eight. NFL Week Nine is still going strong. Just to give you all some updates before we head out, uh, Falcons and Saints are three uh, nothing. Falcons lead it, and Browns-Bengals tied at seven. Broncos actually just now scoring. Melvin Gordon the third getting a touchdown to make a seven nothing lead. Dolphins lead the Texans 7-0. Raiders and Giants nodded at 7. Patriots-Panthers still tied at nothing. Bills-Jags with three apiece. And Vikings lead the Ravens 7-3. All of these games are about five minutes or less in the first quarter. Um, All of them are still in the first quarter, so none have ended quite yet. Um, Slate for this evening, Chargers-Eagles and Packers at the Chiefs. And Cardinals at the Niners, three games at the late afternoon slate. And then Titans-Rams Sunday night football And then Bears-Steelers, Monday night football um, in Heinz Field. So got some fun games left. Lions, Seahawks, Bucks and Washington are all on bye week this week, so we won't be hearing any out of them when we return in a week from now to go back over all of our new fun updates. So get excited for that. We love NFL. We love football. Let's get back to the action. Been a great time talking with you all. This has been the Blank Coverage Podcast from Jack Wallace and Gabe Julian. Peace out, y'all.